0: We're going to be starting a a little series called Salt and Light Living. And I thought, what a greater way to to talk about salt today than to give you a little salt. Right? Because, you know, sometimes salt is not something that we think about, and I can talk about it. But when you've tasted salt, how many of y'all got thirsty after the first pretzel? I mean, honestly, right? That's what salt's designed to do. And our passage today is Matthew 5:13. And Jesus is talking to a group and he says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its taste, how will it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by the people. Now, as I was researching this, I found out that salt is actually a miracle because it's made up of two compounds that if you take that compound individually, it will kill you. Sodium and chlorine. Now, chloride is what makes bleach smell wonderful. How many of y'all just love that? Oh, I just, you know, I don't think I've ever found one of those Yankee candles, just the bleach smell. You know, like, oh, I, I like these things. I love that beach, that bleach smell. It's just not a smell that we're really attracted to. And that, <laughs> that's one of the components of what you just ate. Chlorine is what you just had. But what's amazing and what makes it a miracle is that when you take these two elements that in itself would be deadly for you and you combine them, they not only become tasty, but <coughs> it actually is a good for your body. And that's a miracle when you take two bad things, combine it and it makes something good because our bodies actually need salt to survive. Did you know that? We we need I we'll we'll talk about that how you know, we're we're trying to lower our salt, but we need salt to survive. And what we have in this passage is that Jesus is basically talking to a handful of uneducated people and he's calling them the salt of the earth. And at that time, it's probably one of the greatest compliments that he could have paid to a group of people. Now, in our culture today, ah, I mean, it's free on every table. You can pretty much steal all the packets you want from any restaurant. You probably go your whole life without ever buying a packet of salt. It's abundant. It's cheap. It's just disposable. We don't think about it. It's not something that we trade. Hey, Randy, I really like your truck. I'll trade you some salt. I got a bunch of salt blocks for that truck of yours, you know? It's not even something he's going to talk about with his wife because it's like, honey, I traded the truck for salt. It's a good deal. Never worry about salt again. You're going to need it for the wounds that she's about to inflict upon you. But salt at that time was a necessity of life, and salt had great value. We have to see the value that we have because we belong to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We are valuable. And this world needs us. You may not feel needed right now. You may not feel valuable. You may not feel powerful. You may not feel anything. And that's exactly the way Satan wants you to feel. But the word of God says that we've overcome by the blood of the lamb. We are here for a reason. We are to impact the world that we belong to. You may feel like your life is going nowhere quickly. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. God sent his son just for you. Ancient societies understood the value of salt. If you research salt, which I know all of you are going to zip home today and do, but if you research salt, you'll find out that Roman soldiers were actually paid their salt. Now some, not all, some were paid their salary in salt. Now how would you like it? You go to get your paycheck and they're like, there's five big blocks of salt. But to Roman soldiers, that was very valuable. In fact, you might have to be a little bit older to hear this, but I've heard this phrase before. It says, that person isn't worth their salt. That goes back to the Romans receiving their pay. They weren't worth what they got paid, even though they got paid in salt. So it goes back to the value of salt. There's also some very other features of salt. Salt irritates. I don't know if you've ever been walking along the beach and you have a cut, well you'll find out real quickly if you have a cut on your foot the moment you walk into salt water. Have you ever had a cut in salt water? You'll know it instantly. Salt seasons, it flavors food. Salt creates thirst. Some of you might be thinking, mm, I should have grabbed a water bottle during meat and greet." Just that one pretzel, I had one pretzel and it created thirst. Salt cleans and heals. Salt preserves. But salt also holds back decay. There are two substances, very small substances, that are mentioned in the Bible. Salt and yeast. And they're very opposite in in factors when you look at them in biblical ways. You see, salt is always being referenced as being a cleaning or an antiseptic or holding back decay. Yeast is a mold and it represents, in Bible terms, evil. In fact, if you research Old Testament Jews' traditions, they were instructed not to put yeast into their sacrifices because the yeast represented evil, sin, whereas salt represented holiness, the power of righteousness. And when Jesus is saying, you are the salt of the earth, It's not saying you are to be like the taste of salt to the earth. I've read all the translations on this. There's no translation that bold that changes. All of the translations are saying you are the salt of the earth, which means even though this is a metaphor, it's saying this is an action verb. This is who you are. It's not what you're supposed to act like. It's not what you're supposed to taste like. It is who you are because of whose you are. Do you understand this? Because of whose you are, you have Christ in you, the greater one within you. And when you go into a place, you take Christ into that place. And you may not feel any difference, but there are spiritual forces that know when you walk into a place. And you're thinking, wow, I just thought it was Tuesday morning. I just thought I was going to the store. And all of a sudden, all this happens. See, we take Christ into our world. Our world could be our grocery store. It could be our workplace. It could be our our neighborhood. Wherever we go, we take Christ in. And when he says, you are the salt of the earth, it's saying, you are to make a difference wherever you go. But if we're not salty, if our life is not reflecting Christ, the only way that we can become salty again is through repentance. There's not a booklet that you can go through. It's getting on your knees and saying, God, I just feel like I have not been in your presence. I don't feel your love. And because I don't feel your love, I'm not giving love. It comes through repentance. That's the way we become salty again. You see, God wants to flavor us so that we can flavor others. Thanks, Shauna because you can't give what you don't have. And if we're not getting that love from God, it's hard for us to give love. If we're not getting peace from God, it's hard to give peace. If we're not getting mercy, it's hard to give mercy. So what we're not receiving, we're not giving out. And God wants to flavor us so that we can go into a very tasteless world and be that salt and that light. That's what we're called to be as born again Christians. That's what we're called to be as followers of Christ. There's not sub Christians that just say, well, I just want title only. I don't want any of the responsibilities. I just want the corner office. I want the cross on the wall, and then I'll be happy the rest of my life. That's not Christian life. It really isn't. It's something that Satan has sold you and just said, you know what? Be name only because he knows you're not going to be effective. He knows you're not going to impact people. That you're not going to be loved. That you're not going to be mercy when people need mercy. God wants to flavor us so that we can lead people to him. Psalms 34 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Wait, test and see that the Lord is good. How do we taste God? Have you ever asked God that? God, how do I taste that you are good? The rest of it says, blessed is the person who takes refuge in him. There is no other place that we should be taking refuge in. There is no substance that will make you feel better. There is no manipulative person in your life that's going to make you feel better than Christ. That's where we need to take our refuge. That's where we need our strength. That's what Stephen was saying about when you go into true worship, everything else that you were thinking about this morning disappears. But if you're saying, Lord, I love you. Did I leave the oven on? Lord, I love you. I think the garage door left. I know I didn't close that garage door. Why did I leave that garage door open? Because now people are going to... That's not worship. My hands can be up. I could be singing the songs. But it's not coming anything from my heart. True worship. That's where we are to, to, to be the salt to this world. Now, in today's society especially over about the last five years. You know, I grew up in the 70s. And uh, I was born in the 60s, but grew up in the 70s. And the great thing about the 70s was not the music, not any... There were no things that... We didn't have carbohydrates back then. We didn't know what a carbohydrate was, okay? There was no low fat. Everything was fat, okay? I mean, my mom fried everything, okay? Lived to be 91, but fried everything, Um, There was no cholesterol. See, that cholesterol was just invented in the 80s. You know that, don't you, right? You know I'm being facetious. There was some ignorance and bliss, okay? I mean, it was like we were happy not knowing about cholesterol. Then all of a sudden we started learning all these things that were bad for us. And have you noticed that they'll say coffee is bad for you, then coffee is good for you. Salt is bad for you, but we need salt, so don't go completely salt-free. Chocolate is bad for you, but chocolate can be good for you. Wine is bad for you, but wine can settle you. It's like, would they make up their mind? Okay, because we don't know what we're supposed to be doing and sometimes you just go with what tastes good. Yes, woo! All right, so salt, the salt police have come out and said, you know what, we don't. We need low sodium diets. We, we need to, to cut out salt, we need everything to be bland. I've tasted cardboard, I mean, rice cakes before. They're not good, okay? I don't mean to crush anybody's dreams here, but have you ever crunched on one of those things? It's like those, you might as well just grab those shipping popcorn things. Take those to the movie with you and just pop those things in because they have about that much flavor. Speaking of movies and popcorn, how many of us love that big bucket of popcorn and just all the butter and the salt on that, right? Right it makes the movie experience better right have you ever and then all of a sudden and here's the little caveat i actually read that popcorn is good for you because it's full of fiber so see i justify it i can get an extra large because that's extra large fiber honey you're looking at the bad i'm looking at the good okay. but salt is important for our bodies Now, if we travel back in time to when this statement is being made, we obviously know that there were no refrigerators. So meat had to be sliced very thinly and it was packed in salt to preserve it. But they also found that by packing the meat in salt, it also flavored the salt, right? How many of y'all like to grill out hamburgers? I love grilling out hamburgers. We've got the 4th of July weekend coming up. How many of us... That's probably one of the first things I do is when I'm putting them out there, I'm salting. I actually have a special seasoning salt that I love to put on there that brings the flavor of the meat out. And have you ever been to some place where they didn't use any salt? Here's a great baked potato. Here's corn on the cob. Here's all... And you're like, do you have any salt? No, we, we don't do salt here. Really? All of a sudden... Something that is cheap and free, has great value to us. While they were salting it and rubbing the meat to keeping it from rotting, to keeping it from decaying, it was adding flavor. Another interesting thing that I found out is that when babies were born, they would rub them with salt. Say, what? No, seriously. Where's that in the scripture? I'm glad you asked. Ezekiel 16.4 says, When you were born, your umbilical cord wasn't cut. He's talking to Jerusalem at this point. He says, You weren't washed with water to make you clean. You weren't rubbed with salt or wrapped in cloth. They They would rub the babies with salt to toughen their skin. Well, that went away over the cultures, but it's something that we don't do now. And what Jesus is saying in our text today is that we are the salt of the earth, And if we lose our saltiness, we're worthless. Man, that seems a little harsh, doesn't it? I mean, it's like, there's a lot of good things we can do. But if we're not being salt, we're worthless. And he's emphasizing the quality of our Christian lives. The quality of our lives are very important to the church, to our society, to our culture. I'm sure all of you have heard about the Dead Sea correct it's probably the lowest point I think below sea level I've got a s- slide if we can put it up because of the saline and the salt in the uh, Dead Sea you can float very easily you don't sink in the Red Sea there should be no drownings in the Red Sea because it is so salty it's difficult for it. it. Facts are that it's actually 8.6 times saltier than the ocean. It's so salty it doesn't support life. There's no fish, no marine life in that because it cannot live in that environment. The bad thing also about the Dead Sea is that the salt has combined itself with other minerals so that It's really worthless salt. It doesn't preserve. It's a useless salt. You can take that salt and try to preserve meat. It's not going to do that. You can take that salt and try to flavor your food. It won't flavor your food. It's worthless salt. And so what they've actually said is that one of the only uses that it was used for back in biblical times is that they would actually take this and they would throw it on the ground to kill weeds that's basically all that it was worth was to be trampled on ground like Jesus was talking about in Matthew 5.13 that we read about it was worthless salt it was trash salt you see trash salt has no value it doesn't even make a good sugar I mean, how many of you have all ever had a cup of coffee and you decided, I'm going to just put a little spoonful of salt in this coffee? Mm-mm-mm. Well, since we're in the South and we love sweet tea, how many of you all take a good cup of tea and say, you know what, give me a spoonful of salt, spoon that in there? In fact, when growing up, when we would have a sore throat, my mom would make us gargle with salt water. Anybody ever done that? Don't highly recommend it, but it does work because, you know, one of the elements of salt is healing. If you ever have a toothache, gargle with some salt water. Pray, and then gargle with salt water. But salt doesn't make good sugar, and if it's trashy salt, it's not useful for anything. If it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing because of the impurities in it, it's really worthless. I'm wondering if today in the church we as salt have brought so many other minerals in our lives and adjoined ourselves to other compounds that we've become trashy salt. Not really good for anything. Looks like salt, doesn't taste like salt, doesn't heal like salt, doesn't hold off decay like salt, won't make you really thirsty like salt but it looks good but it's really worthless when we as followers of Christ focus more on our needs when our prayer life is more self-centered we're becoming trashy souls because we're not impacting the world that we're in We're not making a difference in other lives. We're called to be salt and light, and it's a great combination that we're going to see. The salt that we are to be is to change the world around us, not to become more like the world. And if we're not salting the world, then the world's rottening us. truly. See, I don't want to see how close to the world I can get and still have that relationship with Christ. I want to be how much can I get closer to Christ and still have to be in this world. John 17 verses 14 John 17 verses 14 through 16 tells us this. I have given them your message, but the world has hated them because they don't belong to the world anymore than I belong to the world. And I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but to protect them from the evil one. Verse 16, they don't belong to this world anymore, any more than I belong to this world. And what Jesus is praying to the Father about is us saying, this is not our home. Our home is in heaven. That is where we will spend eternity. That's where we will be who we are but we're not called to be salt in heaven okay we're called to be salt right now you see there won't be need for salt in heaven because there will be no decay there will be no sin there will be no sickness and I'm believing that all the food up there is going to be just phenomenal okay we'll all have perfect bodies okay hey I can pray But we all have perfect bodies, perfect hair, perfect everything, and we won't need to worry about cholesterol and carbohydrates and sodium and all the things that we worry about now. But right now, we are called to be salt today. As followers of Christ, we're called to be salt today, to be followers of Christ you see, what I love about when you read through the Gospels and every time you come into where Jesus is interacting with people, Jesus never compromised who he was, but he always went into their world. Jesus ate with the sinners. He hung out with the prostitutes. He loved the, 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 the lowliness of society. He despised the religion of the day that was all works-based. but we tend to put all of our salt in the shaker and we never wanted it to go out of that little pretty glass bottle with the chrome cap on it. I mean, we look beautiful in here. That's where we belong with the other salt. No, we belong outside the shaker. That's where we make a difference. You see, salt doesn't do any good until you put it on something. And we are to be in this world. We're to go into the world, which means we're going to have to go into some neighborhoods that we don't like to go into. That means we're going to have to help some people that we wouldn't normally want to help. But that's how we become more salt to this dying, tasteless world. We're to reflect Christ. Salt makes people thirsty. Have you ever thought why the bars give you free pretzels and peanuts? Still trying to figure this one out, because this one's a toughie. Why would they give you free pretzels? Maybe they got a good deal on pretzels, right? Everybody loves pretzels. Hey, let's go, let's go down to the bar and just eat a lot of pretzels. I'm thinking, uh, don't call me crazy on this one, okay? I'm just thinking that they know that if you eat some free pretzels, you might order beverages. And if you order beverages, especially their beverages, well never mind. That's just a whole other that's a whole message. Salt makes people thirsty. And our role as Morning Christians are to make people thirsty for the ever-living water that is Christ. difficult very simple concept they are to see in us the love of the father they are to see in us the mercy maybe all they see in your life right now is that on sunday morning you go somewhere and they don't know where that is but every sunday morning i see them getting i see david putting the piano in his truck and leaving and i don't know where he goes but they're watching they're watching us our co-workers are watching us And they're wanting to see if there's any difference in us. Are we compromising our lives? Are we loving others? Are we trying to make a change or just survive? Right now, if you're just in survival mode, that may be the season you're going through, but that's not what you were designed to live. You were born to impact, to lead. The greater one the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us which means that we should be out there impacting lives, praying for people interceding when they don't even know it when you're awakened in the middle of the night start praying for your family members start praying for our country, for our military for those who are serving pray, intercede don't just go and watch the, the some channel that's going to try to sell you Ginsu knives all night long Okay there's nothing wrong with the shopping network, but you know what? If God wakes you up at 2 a.m., go pray. That's what we're supposed to do. We are to pray to make a difference. We're, in our lives, pray to make God look good so that people will want a relationship with him. But if our lives are torn apart, we need to get on our knees and pray and seek God for change in our lives. Paul's experience with the Philippian jailer if you know the story, we'll, I'm going to summarize it real quickly. He's been thrown into to prison and, and he's sitting there and as he's praying, there's an earthquake and his shackles fall off in that earthquake. And all of a sudden, a few others, all of a sudden the jailer comes running and is about to kill himself. And Paul says, don't, don't harm yourself. Don't, no, 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 don't. I'm right here. And because of that, we see that the Philippian jailer receives Christ great story once again let's put ourselves into it if you were being accused or imprisoned in this case persecuted let's use that word that's a good word you're being persecuted for something you didn't do accused you, you're, you at your job you may have been brought up on charges of something that you didn't even have anything to do with and somebody wants your job they want you out of there they they just really dislike you and something happens how is our prayers going to be for that person hey wait 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 are we going to shake out of our shaker hate (laughs) good good for you I I knew that jailer needed that see God just used me to come here so that the earthquake would happen he'd throw himself on the sword and he would die because he's probably an evil man but you know what Sometimes we do that. And instead of loving those who are persecuting us, praying for those who are difficult, and that's what he saw in Paul. He saw the love of Christ. He saw that where there should have been anger and bitterness and, man, I'm getting out of here and you're going to pay for it, he's like, no, I stayed. Love versus hate. When the world sees that in us, they will become thirsty for what we have. When the world sees a difference in us, they will become thirsty for what we have. When they see the passion that we have for worship, they won't want to just go to some place and turn their lighter on. Because really what they're wanting to do is worship something. Paul returned love for haste. saw a man come to Christ John 12 32 it's been something that's been running through the last few messages I've been preaching and it says when I have been lifted up from the earth I will draw all men unto me what it's saying is that when we lift up Christ people will be drawn when we lift up Christ that doesn't mean you're going to stand on a street corner and yell and point fingers at people when we live a lifestyle that lifts up Christ, when we walk into a situation when somebody's world is falling apart and we lift them up in prayer, we ask, can we pray with you on the situation? That impacts people's lives. Because in this world, nobody really cares for anybody, and yet you're saying, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? can I take the time out of my schedule to pray with you right now? And whether it's in the middle of Walgreens or the middle of a parking lot, taking their hands and just praying and believing that God is going to do something in their life, that's being salt and a witness in this world that the people need to see. This is just an intro to a message we're going to be talking about. Being salt and light. But as a church, that's what we're called to be. We are salt. Salt holds back decay, salt heals, salt adds flavor, salt irritates. soul brings healing that's what we are to this world that's what we're called to I truly believe that our prayers have helped protect our country from worse attacks I truly believe that our prayers have still kept this country somewhat together I still believe that our prayers that we are one nation under God I still believe because of our prayers God is mentioned on our currency I believe because of our prayers, there are still the Ten Commandments at certain locations. But I know that if we stopped, that would quickly change. I truly believe that Jesus Christ is coming back. And the church will be taken instantly. Those who have confessed Jesus Christ, at that point, you'll truly see what this world was designed without Christ. It will fall apart quickly. Because all of the forces that were holding the evil back are now gone. And evil will have its free reign. True human nature will be exposed. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed. I'd like to just pray a very salty prayer over you. Father, we just come before you. We thank you for your word because your word says that it doesn't return back to you void. And what Jesus has spoken over that group of believers at that time is still represented in the church today. That we are the salt of the earth. That we are to be that agent that holds back the decay of this society that brings healing Father, I pray that you would challenge our lives, that you would challenge our lives so that when we are in this world, we will be your salt and your light. Give us your strength and your wisdom and discernment. We thank you for all that you're doing and all that you're about to do. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'd like to speak a blessing over you as we dismiss want to remind you we will not be meeting this thursday night we already have some families that are traveling this week because of the fourth of july weekend we will not be meeting this thursday according to god's word may the lord bless you and protect you may the lord smile upon you and be gracious to you and may the lord show you his favor and give you his peace so we go now in his peace.